Hello, and welcome to the Veterinary Journal Club podcast. Uh, for today's show, uh, we have back Val Grennan, who is a, a technician, a veterinary technician, and she works at the University of Florida and works a lot with veterinary students. And so uh, we thought it would be fun to kind of get her perspective on, you know, what what makes for a successful vet student from her perspective. Um, you know, what are some of the things that vet students can do to ensure that um, their time on clinics is, you know, beneficial for them and also, you know, that it, you know, they uh, work well with the, the rest of the team. So we're going to get her perspective and uh, I hope you enjoy it. If you uh, have questions, comments, or ideas for topics that you'd like us to discuss on the show, please um, send us a message either at veterinaryjournalclub at gmail.com or um, we're on both Twitter and Instagram at vetjournalclub. Uh, so get in touch with us that way. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you and hope you enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome uh, to the podcast. Thanks for joining us for this, uh, this vet talk today. I'm excited to welcome back Val Grennan, um, a veterinary technician uh, who works in the ICU here at Florida. And uh, I've invited her back today and uh, asked her for some thoughts on what makes a good uh, student. Um, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see uh, your perspective, Val, um, compared to kind of my perspective. I imagine there's going to be a lot of overlap, but maybe there'll be some differences. So, uh, Val, thank you for, for coming back. Oh, and thank you for having me. This yeah. is great. Oh, fun. So, you work um, as, uh, you know, sort of a liaison for us as, a, you know, our client services tech. You do a lot of work with our clients, but you also work a lot with the students that come on our rotation. And so I imagine you have some thoughts on, you know, you know what students uh, are the most successful from your perspective and, and maybe what students could do to, uh, you know, improve their performance, um, again, from, from your perspective. So... Um, overall, you know, kind of give us give us your thoughts on when students come through the, the ICU service. I think it's a, a good idea if they really hang out with me and uh, the ICU doctor that's on. Yeah. Like in the nurse's station, because that's the heat of the room. That's where you're going to see everything happening. And if you're in the rounds room working on paperwork, you're going to miss everything that's happening in the room. Yeah. So for anyone who's not familiar with the setup, we have, you know, the ICU um, where all the patients are, and then there's a, a bank of computers in the middle. So if you're sitting at a computer, in theory, you can then see pretty much all the patients in the room. But we have a room just down the hall, you know, you know, 10, 15 feet away, what we call the rounds room, and um, there's a lot more computers there. Um, and so a lot of places to kind of do work or read up on things, but also not where the patients are. Correct. And so you're saying try not to get caught up in that room um, and maybe come out into the ICU. Right. And and why is that important? I think they need to see every patient in the room. Yeah. You know, you they are assigned their patients that they need to work on mm -hmm. and do their physicals on. But, you know, you can learn a lot just by observation. Yeah. If you're sitting by the O2 cages and you see a dog in there that has pneumonia, you, you're going to watch that breathing and you're going to know when that dog's in trouble. Yeah. Same with a cat, you know. Heart, yeah. heart kitties as well. You're yeah. going to see that lip puffing start, uh, that open mouth breathing. You need to act on that cat. Yeah, and if you're sitting in the rounds room, you don't see that. Right. You're not, you're not observing that. But also just it seems like observing how the technicians work and the interaction of the people with both the patients and with other people in the room. Um, I imagine there's a lot to be learned from that. Oh, totally. Yeah, just by the different services that come in the room and you're learning different doctors' needs and wants and yeah. how they want their patients taken care of. And then you hear the conversations with the technicians. You know, you 
talk to your patient first before you actually just jump in to open a cage door. You know, it's it's kind of nice. And when there's time, just don't don't make it a bad thing for your patient. Just get in there and pet them and show them it's it's okay. You know, give them some yeah. give them some love. Yeah. Well, that's it's one of you know Kirby's rule of twenty, right? Uh, the TLC. It's actually one of the things I enjoy doing when I have the time is to just go around the the room and open cage doors and just like pet an animal and then leave. Like not so every time the cage door opens doesn't necessarily mean something bad's going to happen. It's not going to be that your temperature's being taken or blood's being taken or you can just that's it. Just some pets. That was all. Exactly. Um, and so students can maybe carve out a few minutes, and, and really that's all it would be, right? right. In, a, in a total in a day, you'd be talking about five minutes of your day that you could spend, you know, interacting with your your patients that isn't a treatment or isn't a, um, you know, uh, an exam or some sort of diagnostic test. Right. And it's stress relief, you know? Who doesn't Heck like... Yeah, it's, yeah that's <laughs> proven. <laughs> who doesn't want to uh, pet a puppy or yeah. stroke a kitten, you know? it's just, Absolutely. It's just fun. And that's probably the main reason I do it. I say it's for them, but really, <laughs> I, I sometimes I just need a little break. Sometimes I'll crawl into a run with a dog and, and I'm in the room, but people don't know I'm there, so I'm also hiding in plain sight. Um, so for students that just need a few minutes, that's also a good tip um, to just um, go sit in the run with a, with a big dog and just pet it while you're, you know, reading, uh, you know, you, you have your yeah. tablet or something like that. You could be, even be working on paperwork. Just, you know, sit in there with a dog and do it. Um, take advantage of those opportunities. So Great. yeah, it's therapy for them and for us, right? Maybe maybe not every patient is it's appropriate, but um, yeah. for the ones that aren't in respiratory distress and needing the con- you know the oxygen, or the ones that aren't super stressed when somebody comes in, right. um, yeah, no, I I think that's that's a, a wonderful um, you know bit of advice to just be in the room. That's where everything's happening, right? Um, so what other what other tips do you have? Um, and, uh, do your research, yeah. Be prepared for rounds. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> know what you know the disease process is. Mm-hmm. Know, um, you know, learn as much as you can, and then just talk to the doctors and the technicians because they are full of information. Yeah. They can give you tips and tricks on everything. Yeah. Uh, you know how to give medications, how not to give medications. Yeah. How to prepare medications. Yeah. How to put in central lines, and then then you're going to see emergencies that jump in the room from other services, yeah. say from ophthalmology to mm-hmm. uh, surgery's gone bad, you know, yep. everything is there. And if you're in the room and you don't see it, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss a great opportunity that's free, free learning. Yeah. Well, it's not really free. They're paying yeah, a lot no, of money yeah, to be here. I, know. I say that all the time. You're paying a lot of money. So be here. Ask your questions. Right. Right. Like, Get involved. You know, you like really, we have an amazing nursing staff in our hospital. We really do. Um, you know, they understand, I think, that you work in a teaching hospital and that, that there are students here that are here to learn. And, you know, you guys are part of their education. You want them to leave and be amazing veterinarians. And part of that is asking you questions, you know, not not just the, the clinicians, not just the doctors, but also um, the technicians are a, a fantastic source. Um, and again, it's a different insight. Um, and so I think that's it's a really important thing for students to remember is that, um, you know, you, you can learn a lot from your technicians if you just give, give that an opportunity. Um, so don't, um, don't miss out on those. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so what are, what are some things that students do that maybe you would advise them not to do? What are some things that you've seen students do that you say other than hiding out in the rounds room? Um, sometimes, um, they are go-getters and they don't ask questions. Okay. And, uh, 
you really need to speak to the nurse that's on the patient first yeah. before you jump ahead and do things. Certainly, you don't want to give a medication that might be already given. Yeah. Because this new instinct, sometimes we don't get a chance to check things off before yeah. it's actually done. So always check with the nurse to make sure. Yeah, because the nurses just, they know the cases inside and out, right. and, and they should be your go-to. So yeah, it's it's great. We want you to have initiative and to, like you said, be a go-getter, but keep in mind that um, you know you, you want to just check in with, with that patient's nurse first to make sure. Um, you know, check in with them, or they might have some advice. Oh, actually, right. this when you go to give meds to this patient, this works really well, or they really like this treat, or they really, or, or this one has an allergy, so it can't have this. And I mean, the students often know that, but maybe maybe the nurses know something, or maybe you'll you'll find out that they've been doing something that you know you had some information that that they didn't know. So uh, just opening up communications is probably totally. really important. The communication is key. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. You want students to be go-getters, um, and you know, but checking in with with the nurses. But what what kinds of opportunities would you say they would have if they are taking initiative versus um, if they're kind of waiting around for somebody to to pull them into something? How's that going to change things for them? Uh, so we do a lot of e two placements. Mm-hmm. So get involved with the setup so that they know what needs to be uh, getting out of the Omni for the procedure that the uh, ET tube, the suture, the blade. Yeah, that's um, a really good point. Because like you you and Kim, Kim's our other service tech, and, and you're both really good about just magically making everything appear for us, which is lovely, but also um, there's a lot. I, I really hadn't thought about that, but like just knowing what supplies do you need, you know? Yeah, exactly. do you, can you, you, sure, you can place the E-tube, but did you know what you needed, you know, could you have gotten that ready on your own? Um, so yeah, maybe just following you guys around for that part of it. Um, right. that, that's a really good point. Um, don't just worry about the procedure itself, although that's obviously very important, but also just you know, one day when you leave here, you might have to train, um, you know, you go to a practice that they don't place a lot of E-tubes and maybe the nurse there doesn't know what is needed. You're not going to have that crutch. Um, exactly. Yeah, of somebody else. So you need to learn this part of it now while you have the opportunity um, to do so. Yeah, you can straighten that out right there. Um, so opportunities for procedures um, is obviously, and so you would advise for them to, you know, how, how do they know what they can and can't do? Um. They can. I let them do whatever they want to do. Like, yeah. All right. I'm go game. to Val. She's gonna yeah. let you do anything. I love you it. Know, as long as you know it's within reason. But you know, you need to know how to check an anesthesia machine. Yeah. You need to know that your pet needs heat because it's gonna lose body heat while it's yeah. under anesthesia. Yeah. Um, because yes, when you're out in practice, you're not gonna have eight ace techs all the time. Yeah. So you would advise them like get in there and do as much as you possibly can. Right. Wait for us to tell you no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's always kind of my advice too. I, I would much rather students. Uh, yeah. So I'm very much on the same page there. I'd rather you ask, hey, can I do the craniotomy by myself? And uh, I'm obviously not doing the craniotomies. But if, you, if you're asking to do the highest level of things, all I can say is no. And then you're in the exact same position you were as if you didn't ask. But if you ask, hey, can I do um, the, you know, the, can I do the thoracocentesis? I'm probably going to be like, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to talk you through it and I'm going to be there for the whole thing. But if you stand back, um, you know, not everybody's going to assume that you want to do that. Um, you hear that see one, do one, teach one all the time. Ah, baloney. I can just talk you through it the first time. You don't even have to have seen one. Um, let's That's just do true. one. Let's That's just, true. I'm going to be right there, you know? Um, and so you just, you never know what opportunities you might miss out on if you're not 
asking if you're not right there. And that kind of goes along with what you said at the beginning, right? Be in the room. Cause then, you right. know, like maybe another service came by and said, Hey, um, we were asking, you know, if I see you could, you know, do the chest tap on this, on this patient, but you know, when it gets anesthetized and if you're around, you can be like, Hey, can I do that? Um, and if there isn't a student already assigned to that case from that service, yeah, you totally can. That'd right. be great. Um, I'm going to be a little bit sad inside cause that's one of my favorite things to do <laughs> and I almost never get to do it anymore. But, um, but I, but I do enjoy teaching other people to do that. Um, and the same thing, like, you know, I'm sure you enjoy teaching students who are interested and eager and say, you know, how are you doing what you're doing or how, how is this catheter placement going? Or talk me through your checklist for when you're, you're checking the anesthesia machine and all that. Maybe you're going to have your anesthesia rotation, but that repetition and that, um, Dealing. reinforcement is super important. Um, so take every opportunity you can for that. Totally. Yeah. Um, do you have any instances where maybe, um, students' interactions with technicians are suboptimal? Are there things that they can do that are going to push your buttons or that are going to tick you off? Like what are, what are some pet peeves that you have? Oh, I think it's when medications aren't available. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that, that's fair. So basically from a patient care standpoint, like, right. you know, you, you have a patient that needs meds and if a student hasn't, you know, gotten their prescription and things together, that's going to be, that's going to bother you. So just staying on top of your patient care needs. Right. Totally. Yeah. Yep. How about other, like... Scheduling the x-rays that need to be done on time. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So just staying on top of, you yeah. know, what your patient needs, things like that. Are there any, like, have you ever had a, a student, like, say something to you that you were like, did they just say that to me? Or um, do you feel you feel generally the students are pretty respectful I and pretty this, good? I think the students are very respectful. Well, that's awesome. That's yeah. good. I haven't I, I like haven't had that. a bad interaction with anybody. Oh, that's am- well. That, a lot of that probably comes from your personality as well, right? That you're very approachable and um, you're you you make it very clear that you're there to help the students and, and you're very helpful for the students. So um, that's um, that's a, a two way street, obviously. Yeah. But that's really exciting for me to hear <laughs> that you you know that you're having really good inter- interactions with the students. You're not having any problems with them. So um, and it makes me feel good that maybe we're doing a good job of of teaching the students at a, at a you know early in their careers how important it is to you know. You rely on your technicians. They're, you know, the backbone of your hospital, and they're gonna um, you take care of them. They take care of you. We're all part of the same team. So um, it's it's really really gratifying to hear that you're having really good experiences with all of them. And I hope you know, I hope and imagine that will continue. So keep it up, students. Good job. Yeah. Um, no, I love my job. This is a like throughout my career, every job's awesome. been great, but this is spectacular. Oh, that's so that's so awesome. Well. Um, thank you so much for, um, for being there for the students and for us all the time. And thanks for coming on the show and, and sharing some of your, your thoughts um, on how students can get the most out of their experience, at least when they're uh, hanging out in the ICU. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Val. Thanks for listening to today's show. I'd like to thank Topher, my producer. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Vet Journal Club. Our website is veterinaryjournalclub.fireside.fm. Email us with questions, comments, or show ideas at veterinaryjournalclub at gmail.com. And remember to check back weekly for new episodes, and we'll catch you next time.